Support for this show comes from Atlassian. Atlassian software like Jira, Confluence and Loom help power global collaboration for all teams so they can accomplish everything that's impossible alone. Because individually, we're great, but together, we're so much better. Learn how to unleash the potential of your team at Atlassian.com. That's A-T-L-A-S-S-I-A-N.com. Atlassian. From the newsroom at Eater, I'm Amanda Clute. I am Daniel Janine. And this is Eater's Digest, a show about all things food and dining. With a little help from the biggest names in the world of food and the journals here at Eater, we try to understand what's happening right now in kitchens, restaurants, and dining rooms around the world. And around the world is important, especially today. Today on the show, we have a special guest here to talk about the Hong Kong dining scene Mm -hmm. and how it's been impacted by half a year of violent protests and, more recently, the outbreak of the coronavirus in mainland China. And then uh, we're going to talk about the biggest food stories of the week, including another delivery scandal, believe it or not. Ugly baseball hats. Very ugly food-related baseball hats. Um, People are flocking to a Mexican restaurant in Memorial and many more. Well, maybe not many more, but a few more. (laughs) Maybe just exactly three. Maybe just exactly three, I think. (laughs) We'll see how the editing goes. Let's get into it. All right, Daniel, we have a special guest in the studio right now, Andrew Janung, who writes one of my favorite newsletters, uh, Family Meal. And we were bringing him in to talk about the protests in Hong Kong and how they've impacted the restaurant community. But Andrew, we got to talk to you about something else now, too. But yeah, this has become general state of dining in Hong Kong amidst two massive issues issues yeah so we had the uh we had the protests which started back in june which most people are familiar with but i don't know if you want a small history Maybe on them do or... a quick 30 second where did they come from what's the deal oh 30 seconds yeah gotta mm-hmm. go back to the opium wars assume... for this but... <laughs> okay um all right so back in february two years ago a man and his girlfriend went to taiwan only the man came back turned out he had murdered his girlfriend there, and the Hong Kong government could not extradite him back to Taiwan because they didn't have an extradition law. Uh, So Hong Kong got the idea that they would get an extradition law. Because it was Taiwan, they also wanted to include mainland China. Hong Kongers do not believe very strongly in the fairness of the mainland Chinese justice system. They have their own justice system. So they decided that that wasn't a very good idea. The government said, screw you, it's still a good idea. And people took to the streets, and we had millions of people in the streets of Hong Kong starting in June of last year. Mm. And it basically continued and got worse and worse until there were sort of pitch battles and tear gas everywhere. And, um, yeah, the town— And live bullets fired at one point? There were a few live bullets, which in Hong Kong is incredibly rare. Mm-hmm. Um, and a couple people died, not uh, from being shot, as far as I recall. But it became a proxy— protest, right, for the larger state of politics in Hong Kong. and Yeah, there's a whole under, I mean, Hong Kong is due in, um, in a few years, in 2047 to revert to mainland Chinese rule. Mm-hmm. And that is something that when it first came into being in 1999, they said, or 1997, they said it'll be 50 years until you go back to Chinese rule. And everyone thought, well, China will be very different by then. It's opening up economically. And what's really happened is now Xi Jinping is in power and China has gone full, um, 
authoritarian on its mm-hmm. own citizenry, and Hong Kong is a lot of Hong Kongers are very nervous that that's the way they're going to go. There are some pro Beijing Hong Kongers, obviously, who are embrace the mainland and think mm. this is a great idea. Um, but the protesters fall in that camp of this is not so great, and we're a little nervous. So why don't we start with the effects that the protest had on restaurants, and then we'll and get then to we'll talk about coronavirus. Yeah, yeah, which we haven't mentioned, but that's the second. That's, that's, the, that's, the, that's second the second thing we're talking piece. about. Yeah, yeah. well, I mean, it's hard to avoid. You know, talking to Andrew as he as he was coming in the studio, it's like, hey, bud, are you going to get to go back home to Hong Kong? And right. He's like, or are you hmm, stuck in the U.S. for? I don't know. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I'm not sure. Like, the United flights are canceled. It's a whole thing. But so with just the pr- wait for with that. the protest. Right. Is it true that as many as 10% of the population have been in the streets protesting? Yeah. So Hong Kong has, I think, a little over 7 million people. And there have been, by estimates of protesters and outside observers, at least 800,000 to a million people at some of these protests. So, yeah, it's been huge. Um, And, uh, you know, the consequence for restaurants is these protests go right down main drags in downtown central business district. uh, And obviously people aren't going out Mm -hmm. to I mean, they shut down the subway lines. They shut down the taxis, obviously. So for me and my family, we're like, well, I guess we're not going to central tonight um, unless we're going to protest Mm -hmm. uh, because we could not get home. Like there's a chance we won't be able to get home. We've got small kids. And so a lot of people are doing that and restaurants are suffering. The other thing that's happening is um, as people go out to restaurants, there are these pitch battles. So groups of protesters will just pop up in random places and tear gas will start getting fired and you'll be at a restaurant and you're like, uh, okay, this isn't great. Um, and people are just staying away and not dining out because mm-hmm. they're nervous that that's going to happen while they're there. And there's also this thing where restaurants are identifying, whether they like it or not, as pro or anti-protesters, right? Like there's a, a guide or an app that will tell you which yeah. side they're on. Yeah, absolutely. So there's an online forum. It's sort of a decentralized protest. There's no clear leadership. Uh, there are a few people. But uh, mostly it's run by online forums. And one of these forums started a guide, a map, um, or an offshoot of the forum started a map that labels restaurants yellow, which is pro-protesters. That's sort of the color that the protests have um, embraced. Or blue, which would be pro-police, pro-mainland. And depending on which side you're on, you could be... And then like how good the food is, how good the service (laughs) is. No, not at all. Not at all. (laughs) Not included in the roundup. Um, So you could be targeted by either side. And there's a whole thing now where there's a yellow economy. So people saying, we're only going to dine at yellow restaurants and we should all support the yellow restaurants because those are true Hong Kongers and Hong Kong restaurants. Right. And these are restaurants that what put up? Posters of the protesters or fed the protesters. Yeah, it could be lots of things. They fed the protesters. They put up protests. Some of them sell gas masks as a side mm-hmm. business. Um, they just say, you're all welcome. Um, and really, it's more, I think it's almost more they're not the blue restaurants, right. which are people who hmm. either, I mean, it can be as little as like we invited a police officer in for a meal one day or... Um, you know, one of the founders' daughters is very like pro mainland and has made statements against the protesters, that kind of thing. Well, and then Shake Shack got wrapped up in this too, right? Well, Shake Shack is in Hong Kong, owned or managed or both by uh, Maxim's Catering, which is the big group that runs Starbucks also there mm-hmm. and um, is the owner's daughter made a bunch of statements against the protesters. So Starbucks, a lot of Starbucks had windows broken, Mm -hmm. uh, vandalized all over. Shake Shack is, they have two locations and both are in really fancy malls. So I think that they have been sort of buffered. They're not on the street. Mm -hmm. Um, So they haven't been targeted as such. Mm -hmm. Um, And maybe people just don't know them as much as Starbucks um, being associated with Maxims. But yeah, they're they're definitely on, they're blue on on the the map. map. Have you heard from restaurateurs 
that you know that they've been marked blue and they've have you heard anyone trying to like negotiate or be like hey this is an accidental blue marking and I'm actually yellow or I'm actually neutral or- yeah no I don't know any blue ones but there are on the map if you look it's interesting there's rationale given for why they're labeled each color yeah and it can be as little as hearsay so like I don't read the Cantonese but like there's English loose English translation underneath and it'll say hearsay uh, I heard the I was in there one day and the owner said something about the police are okay <laughs> or like I hope the police <laughs> get through this or something yeah yeah um, it's, yeah it's a little dangerous in that respect yeah. are, are are any restaurants able to remain neutral like can you see that or I, I guess get, it's just whether or not you're on the list or mm-hmm. not right? yeah there is a green label I think um, but I'm not quite sure how you get on right. that because like if people ask you are you pro protester pro police and you say oh I'm just staying neutral protesters at least the hardliners take that as a sorry what yeah. right. and uh, police obviously also the same way you know it's hard to hard to believe you're not picking a side what about restaurants that uh, are trendy senior restaurants that are, are, are you know candlelit natural wine-ish spots which I know are prominent in in Hong Kong are they invested in this kind of thing too or do they are they able to stay out of the game well they I think everyone's on that level especially expat focused restaurants and expat restaurants owned by expats yeah. I think they're really mostly trying to stay out of the game mm-hmm. um, I don't know of any that are aggressively pro protest or aggressively pro mainland mm-hmm. um, I maybe there are some um, and you if you like when I for this article when I talked to everyone's PR people and I emailed around I, I texted with restaurateurs it was like yeah, I'm not going to, I can't, I'm not going to make any statements. Right. Like we just don't want any right. part of articles they don't about this. Be, yeah. For a couple of reasons. They also don't want to have the thing where, you know, you say like no one's at the party. So you're like, hey, I heard business is down. And they're like, I don't want to talk about that. Because right. Yeah. They don't want to, they don't want to say business is yeah. down or the restaurant's half full. Or right. Any exactly. Of that. Yeah. They want to say, come on. I'm assuming that the re- the business is very slow right now. You're actually seeing some restaurants closing down. Are they closing down permanently or temporarily or what's what's happening well so i mean restaurant closure as you guys know is always mm-hmm. like um causality is difficult to difficult to prove mm-hmm. but definitely during the protest there were there were waves of restaurant closings um and this sort of moves us into the virus a little bit because i talked to a restaurant last night and i asked him how things are going now that the uh now that the virus has taken hold um or t- taken hold is the mm-hmm. wrong word and mentally taken hold of a lot of people and he said during the protests Business was already off 20% or more, and now they're looking at another 30% off. And so he said, like, basically, you've got to be a great operator or um, or be located far away from the centers of things, um, or you're going to be having a lot of problems. Well, uh, yeah, I wanted to bring up this stat that in 2018, there were 4.7 million visitors to Hong Kong, and it went down to 3.1 million in yeah. 2019. So already, this is before coronavirus, and 1 million drop in tourists. Yeah, it's, it's been massive. And you can tell on the streets, you can tell that it feels a little less crowded in a lot of those places, um, in a lot of like central, down by the ferries, like just, just places where normally there's loads of tourists rolling around and tourist groups. And I talk to people who run tourist groups um, who say the same thing. And they're just constantly fielding questions like, should I come? Is mm-hmm. it safe? Uh, and I think initially I sent in my newsletter, I said that um, it was still safe, like, and it's you should totally still come because a lot of the stuff is very predictable. Like, yes, you could be at a restaurant and there could be tear gas mm-hmm. nearby, um, but mostly you can just walk away. It's not like you're in a mm-hmm. like a war zone, war right. zone where suddenly you're going to be swept up in conflict. Um, you have to have a little bit of street smarts, but you can still very much manage the situation with the protests. Um, yeah. yeah. So now with coronavirus, what is the situation? You were on a vacation or a trip here to the U.S., and that's when it kind of all blew up. Yeah. So and it's, now the flights are getting canceled. Yeah. 
Yeah, so it's Chinese New Year, so a lot of people were leaving Hong Kong already, as they do, and the city sort of empties out. And there was just a little bit of a murmur about this Wuhan uh, virus that was coming out. And then over the last few weeks, obviously, it's just gone a little crazy in Wuhan, in particular in Hubei province. And then we started having cases in Hong Kong. We had our first fatality in Hong Kong uh, two or three days ago Mm -hmm. confirmed. Um, And I think now... A lot of places have locked down on mainland China, mm-hmm. but I think Hong Kong is starting to get swept up in that lockdown. So I think the Philippines banned flights from Hong Kong or banned people from Hong Kong. Don't quote me on that um, on a podcast. <laughs> like we are recording. Sorry. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, but just today, United canceled flights to and from Hong Kong from the U.S. Mm-hmm. Uh, American Airlines did as well, although their code share with Cathay, which is the big Hong Kong operator. Um, but yeah, I think people are sort of like, I've been talking to people about whether or not we're going to come back and they say, it's not so much about whether the virus, you're going to get the virus. It's more about, will you be trapped in Hong Kong for a long amount of time? Mm -hmm. Yeah. Like if you go back, you might not be able to leave for a while. Yeah. And our kids' schools are canceled. The schools Mm -hmm. were already canceled for two weeks. Now they're talking about till the beginning of March and they're talking about even further. Um, so there's not much to go back to school-wise. I mean, we have Mm -hmm. jobs, but yeah. Yeah. So Hong Kong's got some got some issues right now. It's got some issues right now and it's terrible because it's a, I mean it's a great city and yeah. it obviously has a thriving restaurant scene mm-hmm. um, but it's you know you imagine the margins in restaurants already and how hard right. it is to operate and you get a drop off of 50%. Right. Speak- what are what are oh. the restaurateurs saying? Um, so they're saying I mean my WhatsApps last night were uh, the first guy wrote me back and just said devastating one word, oh. and then he, and then he filled it in. I don't know what, what language I'm allowed to use here, but uh, oh, you go for it. Uh, then he just said, um, "Fuck, shit is real here. <laughs> it's nuts, man. You guys coming back? Yeah, it's just been really bad. Uh, they told me that they're uh, some of them are removing tables, and they're gonna for two reasons. One, they don't have the guests, but also to spread tables out so that people feel more comfortable mm. because oh it's God. contagious, wow. obviously. Yeah, so yeah, it's yeah. like. Come to our restaurant. You're not going to be sitting yeah, right next to somebody who's coughing. So yeah, mm-hmm. you're like a little ways away. Um, and I, I talked to a friend there who went out to lunch the other day, and he said this place that usually has a 20, 30-minute line had no line. Um, so it's just, you know, it's a massive drop-off for everybody. Great time to go to your favorite no, popular I, restaurant. <laughs> I'll show you a friend of mine lives in, in Hong Kong, actually, uh-huh. and be, this is pre-corona, but he said, I don't want to make light of any kind of, of the protest situation, but not only is it easy to get into every restaurant, but they seem a lot happier to have you there. Yeah. I'm sure. I'm sure and they're very hotels, happy to have there's you. There's a great, like, you can get really fancy hotels for like a fraction of the price. Yeah. The hotel industry has been devastated. And that was even during the protest. We heard that a new hotel, like brand speaking, new beautiful hotel, had 8% occupancy in its first like um, few months, which is like, I mean, they were like big splash hotel. Yeah. Um, and I was telling people, if you're coming to Hong Kong, make a phone call, call these guys, and be like, "Hey, I'm coming. Mm-hmm. Like, is there, you know, what's the best rate you can give me on these rooms? Because they got to be right. wanting people in the door." Yeah, it's interesting. There was someone you quoted saying that, you know, we watch out for the tourists, we we protect the tourists, like they're not part of this. Yeah. But as a tourist, that's not super comforting to you. (laughs) You're not like really raring to go. Yeah, I think that's the hard part. And especially for mainland Chinese. I mean, they feel very targeted, rightly so, by a lot of Hong Kongers who are frustrated with the mainland, mainland politics. And um, and now the fact that this virus is coming from the mainland is another um, is another sort of strike against in the minds of many Hong Kongers. And mainland tourists make up 70% of Hong Kong tourists. Mm. Um, But yeah, no, I think virus aside, we'll see what happens with that. If the protests resume, if you are a relatively street smart tourist who is not nervous about getting stuck for a few minutes and walking up a hill to find a taxi, Hong Kong is a great place to visit still and mm-hmm. actually has a lot of advantages at this time. Um, 
the virus now makes all that a little bit more um, yeah. caveated. Mm-hmm. Just don't tell your mom you're going. <laughs> right. If you're me. Yeah. <laughs> you're Dan. <laughs> Andrew, how can our listeners subscribe to your newsletter? Oh, uh, they should go to familymeal.substack.com, and uh, you can read it first or just hit subscribe, and you can also uh, pay to subscribe and chip in and support it if you want. Yeah, yeah, there you go. publishes a whopping two times a week, which is very impressive. Not lately while I'm running around here trying to decide if we're going back to Hong Kong, but it will keep coming. Three children, but usually. Yeah. We'll be right back with the biggest food stories of the week after these messages. On June 14th, your favorite emotions are back on the big screen in Disney and Pixar's Inside Out 2. It's time to greet your Team Riley! It's anger! Let me at him! Fear! Safety checklist is complete! Disgust! Ew! Ew! Sadness is in the house! Oh no! Hello! I'm anxiety. I'm one of Riley's new emotions. Disney and Pixar's Inside Out 2. There's a part two? We're going! Ready PG. Parental guidance suggested. Only theaters June 14th. Get tickets now. This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. From the launch your online shop stage, all the way to the we just hit a million orders stage. No matter what stage you're in, Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash special offer, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash special offer. All right, Amanda, now we are going to run through the biggest food stories of the week. We separate them with the sound of a ding like this. Let's hop in. Daniel, I want to read you a headline from Eater Chicago. Are you ready? (laughs) Yeah, yeah, yeah. (laughs) Hideous new Chicago baseball caps. Feature deep dish pizza. Ooh. Did you see the story? Nope. Okay. So so there's a new line of Major League Baseball hats and NBA hats, uh, and they're called Team Describe. The idea is- Team Describe? Team Describe. Are they sanctioned by they are, I believe these are official. Okay. They have the official logos. The idea is on the front of the hat, you get the logo of the team, but also a little icon of something having to do with the city. So the New York hats- it's a Statue of Liberty on the front, mm. the LA hats, it's a palm tree, etc. On the back of the hats, yeah. food item. Mm, okay. And I don't know who was the curator of these food items, but obviously Chicago yeah. is not pleased with their food item, which is a deep dish pizza, which people in Chicago don't actually oh, yeah. love. Some people love. Some people love, but I think when people assume everyone in Chicago loves the deep dish, that's not true. A lot hmm. of Chicagoans could give a shit about deep dish. I didn't actually know that people from Chicago were resentful of being represented by the deep dish. It's like, to me, it's just like, obviously it's the deep dish. Like, they're like, well, it's the Chicago dog, but it's like someone else has the hot dog. It's funny, the Twitter reaction, it should have been a Chicago dog. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, yeah, but that's just like that's delusional to think that New York is not more the hot dog. Uh, and then other response on Twitter: those are trash. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. A lot of responses that it should have been a Chicago dog. Italian beef is one of the responses, but I don't know how you put that on a hat and a tiny little logo. Yeah, well, come on. Uh, I mean, our, New York should be bone broth. But our I'm not editor wrote. Active. In a city where thin crust tavern style pizza is consumed more than any other style, mm-hmm. this offering fails to capture Chicago. This happens to Chicago a lot when out of towners fumble to figure out what makes the city shine. Oh. I just question like, do you have to put a food thing on the back? Also, deep dish, it's, it looks weird. Amanda, it's not like. You don't, like, give the people 
every opportunity to buy sure, the sure, hat. Sure, sure, sure. Yeah, yeah. Everybody wants the different hat. Boston. I'm from Boston. It's a lobster roll. Great. I'll take it. Yeah. The problem is that some cities don't really have a food thing. I know. Some of them Some of them are a stretch. Some of them are a stretch. Philly got a cheesesteak. New York got an apple. Philly has it easy because, you know what, all cities would be so lucky as to have a food that they actually like that yeah. is also very clearly the representation. New York's got an apple? An apple. But that's <laughs> <laughs> that's not even, that's not the food for the right reason. That's not a representative no, food. It's, it's just, yeah. But I guess LA, LA got a taco, but it's a hard shell. I guess that counts for some people, but a lot of people are going to be angry about that. Yeah. I mean, at least, I, at least whoever is getting up in arms about this is spending their time dealing with this and not like, I don't know, going through our podcast history. Just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> no, I think, but who, like, what is really going on here? It's just someone in a room. Like, they just did it really fast. Yeah. That's all it is. I'm kind of into it. I would wear the LA one. You got the, the, the hard shell? You got the hard shell taco on the back. You got the palm trees on See, the front. It's, it's really very cute. funny to troll. Like, I'm now infinitely more interested in having the deep dish one. I know. <laughs> <laughs> just because it makes them mad. It looks That's awesome. like a lasagna. All right, give me another one. Golden State Warriors. What did they get? Sushi rolls. Maki rolls. <laughs> All right. Back. You know what? Someone out there has got to get it. Yeah. The LA hat. I think that's the only the only good one. Hard shell's funny. Hard shell's funny. <laughs> yeah. And hard shell is not, not an LA thing. Maybe they no, give- No, no, it is. It was like, it's, you know, it's from there. Why? San Francisco should be the burrito. I shouldn't say burrito like that. <laughs> <laughs> no, that was good. I like yeah. that. It I wasn't like that even flair. A, Yeah, it was like a Spanish accent or something. <laughs> but no, but isn't that the mission burrito? Isn't that the whole, isn't that a big thing there? Yeah, I mean, there are a lot of options for San Francisco. What's but... our fee for consulting with one of these uh, companies? Like $20,000. Really? <laughs> <laughs> no, you, no, you wouldn't. <laughs> I would, you know, because it's not a conflict. I never get to consult on anything because it's a conflict. It's, you're right. It's not a conflict. This is just a baseball hat. Interesting. Have you like listen? Have you heard of the Mission Burrito? Yeah, <laughs> they'll be like, "That's not going to sell hats." They're like maybe it will. Everyone sushi, here loves sushi. Tech Bros love maki rolls. <laughs> Daniel, we talk about delivery companies a lot. We sure do. On the show, off the show, all the time. Grubhub, Seamless, etc., and how they're not often the best partners to our friends in the restaurant industry. Uh, along those lines. There's this restaurant in San Francisco called- Can I quickly tell you a story? What? <laughs> I was working here really late a few nights ago, and I ordered caviar. My new thing is just paying just insane amounts of tip just in cash. Just like, I know it's broken, but like at least <laughs> that delivery guy's going to have a yeah, good no, run. That, that's a good way around it, I think. But I, uh, I ordered uh, like a, a Poke Bowl or something. By the way, there's a good Poke Bowl place around here. Yeah, what's Ask called? me about it. Wise Fish. Okay. Uh-huh. Um, and I go downstairs because there were like the guys here and I, I'm looking for him. There's no one in the lobby, obviously. And he was in the the little store thing, the the lobby cafe cool. yeah. that okay, we had. Yeah. And I found him in there and I was like, oh, hey. And he was getting a coffee. And I go to the guy at the front. I was like, I'll, I'll grab his coffee. And uh, <laughs> the guy came to the thing. I was like, oh, because it just happened too fast. And he's like, what are you doing? I was like, I was going to buy your coffee. And he's like, why? <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. So. Well-meaning weirdo. <laughs> exactly. That would be my shirt, I guess. <laughs> yes. That's my curb slogan. <laughs> well, 
Anyway, cool. so go on. Okay, so there's a restaurant in San Francisco. It has a Michelin star. It's a Thai food place. It's called Woo, King, Michelin! King Cow. Mm-hmm. Very nice. Uh, they don't offer takeout or delivery. Mm-hmm. And the chef there, an owner, got a call from an angry customer who's like, hey, I ordered this thing via Grubhub <laughs> and it's not here. Or I'm yeah. not able to pick it up. And she's like, that's weird because we don't offer that at all. But then she went online and there was a page where it was pointing to Kin Cow and had the address and everything. But it was actually a ghost restaurant that hadn't launched yet with a more standard Americanized Thai menu of like pad thai and whatnot. No joke. Really? Yeah. Oh, it wasn't just I thought what happened was they just um, because I've heard about it a few times where they'll just put the restaurant someone at Grubhub mm-hmm. will just put the restaurant on the site and then upload the menu. And then if it doesn't work, like, oops, didn't work. Right, right, right. But so it, they were just- It was a different menu. They were knocking it. Different were, items. Okay. Were they the, going the, for the The guy was like, I thought cow? it was weird that you had pad thai, but I just figured I'd go for it. Yeah. <laughs> we've talked about this before, but God, when there's like really, you know, high level Thai restaurants mm-hmm. or something, even like some fancy Thai tasting menu yeah. and like- it's it's always in my, like I wonder what they would do with pad thai. Yeah, you know? yeah, like that. It's, yeah. It's like oh, King Cow, they're God, doing they pad thai for takeout. That's interesting. Let's see how they do kind it. Kind of a cool move, maybe. Yeah, cool move. Maybe yeah. you should try it. It's from a Ghost Kitchen Jesus. with a similar name. Hadn't launched yet, but all of her online things were p- connected to her. So if you would go and Google King Cow, you can get the order now button. It was going to this weird. Un, like not yet. She must have been really bummed. She was pissed yeah. and was like, "I'm gonna sue I know, I was them." Like bummed. She was like, "For oh, no. trademark infringement." Yeah. Not realizing that it they was, were ghosts. Yeah, that it was this weird screw up versus Grubhub intentionally launching, like mm-hmm. doing this thing. Like it, I think it was more of a screw up. It's yeah. just that these companies don't vet things. They're so. Mm-hmm. Obsessed with getting the scale and just getting as many restaurants on board as possible. Also, there's nothing illegal about calling a restaurant King Cow Cow. You know, like no, no, no. If you want to knock off another restaurant name, sure, go ahead. What do you think was the core of her anger? Was it that someone was expecting something from her restaurant that? Yeah, that customers were getting disappointed, yeah. and that someone was sending food intentionally in her name. screwing her over, sending food in her name, yeah. someone pretending to be her, um, trading on her reputation. Mm-hmm. Um, I think it was a little more innocent than that, but there are a lot of cases where it's not, where people are getting taken advantage of. Yeah, it's wild west out there. I feel like it's something we always talk about. It's like don't. If you're going to do the food thing, do it for the right reasons, yeah. you know? Don't be nabbing on someone else's business. Don't do the ninth poke place. No, no, no. No, no one and needs also, another like, The Grubhub and Seamless players, like, just be better. Be better partners. <laughs> like, stop screwing over restaurants. Yeah. Like, that was their whole thing recently where, to compete, Grubhub slash Seamless said they were just going to start putting restaurants on their platform, whether they like it or not. Uh, if they order takeout, like we're just going to put it on the platform. Mm-hmm. The interesting thing about her is that she doesn't order takeout, so there's no reason for her to be on any of these things. Right. That's the only way to make yourself totally impervious to the delivery game. Right, just... but even even she's not impervious. <laughs> right, right. 
<laughs> yeah. Everyone gets pulled up into this. She gets calls being like, hey, so how do you do your cow soy? Yeah. Just asking for a friend. She's <laughs> yeah. like, what the fuck? Yeah. <laughs> Daniel, it's a very sad month for Kobe Bryant fans uh, because he passed unexpectedly uh, earlier this month. One interesting and weird food story that's come out of this is fans are flocking to his favorite restaurant called Camino Real in Orange County. Yeah. And yeah. I get it because they're mourning him and they want to feel closer to him. I also just find the way that people mourn celebrities incredibly strange. Yeah, especially when it's performative, you like, know? What is it going to do eating his like favorite oh, enchiladas? Sure. Like, does it make you feel better about <laughs> it? No, but I it's think... It's not supporting him or his family. No, but I think if you're... You know, you, you kind of... You don't know what you have till it's gone. I mean, that mm -hmm. is a song, obviously, but... Um, I think it's true, and I think people didn't know what they were losing in Kobe, what they had taken, totally taken for granted. Mm -hmm. That's the biggest thing with these some of these deaths is, like, it's the people that you totally take for granted as, like, healthy, functioning, mm -hmm. young members of the community. Yep. Um, so they were, like, you know, people just want to get to know him on a deeper level. I guess this sure, restaurant Sure, sure, sure. I guess by his, eating the food, you can understand the man a little better. Not to be crass, but how I'm not that interested in going to living Kobe Bryant's favorite restaurant because, you know, he's not was not a restaurant critic. I right, don't right. care, overly care about his tastes in food. But I guess it was like a cool mom and pop Mexican place. There are so and many. not like some silly Hollywood glitzy glamorous yeah, place. like how then much nobody, better is it that nobody would be flocking to like then if they called Michaels. it like right the, or the Kobe corner you know Kobe corner oh, at like, like if he, Morton's if he owned, oh yeah yeah at like Morton's or if he owned and, a restaurant chain or something I know that we typically agree on how silly this kind of thing is mm -hmm. but the fact that it's like a Mexican place I don't know if kind of off the beaten path I don't even know where it is yeah and it's not like some chain thing or like yeah, thing yeah. that you would expect the it fact, to be. the fact that it's a small independent Mexican-American restaurant yeah. is, is a little more uplifting. And also I mean, yeah. In terms of illogical celebrity death mourning behavior, yeah. I guess I prefer this to yeah, when I people mean, post selfies of them with the celebrity. Ooh, That's yeah. my least favorite. People always do that where it's like, oh, RIP. And it's a picture of them when they like happened to meet the celebrity or like yeah. saw them and got a selfie with them. And it's just like, what? You're not, what does this have to do with you? Sometimes like, I, I mean, I, I feel like I see it a I'm lot. I'm sorry, have you done this? No. <laughs> I just, the, the first thing that comes to mind is like, I have a funny picture of me with Pierce Brosnan. And you're saving it for when he dies? I'm just you're totally counting gonna down the it. days. Yeah. <laughs> if anyone has a line on Pierce Brosnan's well-being, let me know. I'm just kidding. But <laughs> but uh, no, my first thought was like, are all these people just being like, hey, mom, can you like dig through my drawer and find me that picture of me and Kobe from like wherever? And she's like, why? Like, he's, like so I he's can post bad. it on Instagram. <laughs> <laughs> but I do feel like I see a lot of chefs. Um, you know, with like uh, when Robichon died, mm -hmm. being like, 
Oh, you know, RIP to one of the greatest. It was so it was such an honor to cook for you last fall or whatever. Mm-hmm. And it's like them doing like the power pose sure. behind the line. I don't find that as aggressive or as as annoying as when if they had an actual moment or, or relationship. If they do the same, it's okay. Here's what it is: if yeah. they are in the same line of work, yeah, I think it's a okay. Sure, sure. All sure. right, Dan's seal of approval. Uh huh. All right, go for it. But go if you just like and are conquer a fan that Instagram, or you're like you and Pierce. You don't have a relationship with peers. Oh, my God. I mean, when Notre Dame was burning and it was like all the people putting up their picture of them like at Notre yes, Dame. Yes, yes. Like, congratulations, totally. you hit the trip advisor number one spot. Mm-hmm. I mean, what? Same thing. Uh, but uh, what, no, I what, mean, you and Pierce. No, but it's really <laughs> like... Uh, it's also like we've talked about this. Do you think those when people, people leave yeah. comments on the celebrities' Instagram? <clears throat> yeah. Like, if you look at... Oh, God. Your example was Anthony Bourdain's Instagram. <laughs> It's just people after his death being like, well, we miss you, brother. Miss you, it's brother. Like, but here's what people, I don't know what the hell is going on because I, I clearly remember looking at board. I mean, I'm just like, is this terrible? I'm. What am I doing digging through his Instagram? <laughs> True. Trying to, looking You're for, oh my God, look at all these crazy people. <laughs> next picture, next picture. But it's like people wouldn't even go to the first picture. Mm-hmm. Oh my God, no. My favorite was uh, his most, re- the picture he posted before he died was like uh, some plate of steak or something. Uh-huh. And people, it was like a, a medium rare. I think it was his most recent or whatever. But it was like a nice, you know, kind of bloody big piece of meat on a plate. Um, I should just check this, but it's fine. Uh, and people are like, God, kind of looks like a heart. Jesus. Tragic. <laughs> <laughs> like, <laughs> And, like, people would not just go to the first picture. They'd go all the way back to the 10th or whatever to try to be, like, the, a more prominent RIP. Like, RIP, like, really loved No Reservations episode, like, th- season three, episode two, like, really changed my life. Um, we'll miss you, bro. But, I mean, people do it on other – I think, actually, this doesn't happen anymore because uh, – well, maybe it does. I just – I'm not on Facebook very much. But I've seen people – I've seen it where someone has died and then people will write on their wall being like, ah, fuck, can't believe it. Like we had fourth grade Spanish class together. Like pff, this is tough. Oh, on Facebook? On, fa- on Facebook. And it's just like, but having said that, I mean, there's no reason to leave rocks on someone's grave. Like it's all. Sure, sure. It's all, it's, none of it makes sense. None of it makes any sense. I mean, sense. I guess the idea of leaving the comment on the Instagram or the Facebook wall or whatever is yeah. for the loved ones to see that they were loved. Yeah. Maybe it's a generous way to look at it. No, I mean, you're trying to posthumously uh, up your relationship because, you know, you're trying to prove how close you were to this person who is now gone. And you can do that because it's very easy once someone Mm -hmm. dies to be like, yeah, he was top 10 friend of mine. You know, (laughs) (laughs) I I just think the the. So maybe some people have become it's really I would like to give a shit. Some people have become so much closer to Bourdain after he died. And I think that's really commendable. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Like, yeah. You know, you guys. I was the last person. Yeah, you guys might not know. I was the last person. Whoa. (laughs) Wow. Getting hot here. Did I take it too far? No, I mean, listen, I love it. Is it going to get edited out? I don't know. (laughs) No, I mean, listen, I just want to to go back to the to the to the restaurant. I actually, I now, now I've clearly revealed myself as a dark agent of the devil, and 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 trying to take away anyone's grieving methods. But um, but I actually do see some merit in going to the restaurant yeah. because 
unless you're like just posting it aggressively, like in Kobe's favorite restaurant, woohoo, because it is through, hey, let me tell you something about restaurants, mm-hmm. AK. You can, restaurants tell you something about what the chef loves, what the, yeah. but restaurants also tell you a lot about uh, someone's favorite mom and pop shop, tells you a lot about what the diner finds to be comforting. And I actually mm-hmm. think it is a fascinating window. I don't really care. Like, I'm not trying to go there. I'd, yeah. I'd sooner check out an eater heat map and see what was popping in that area. But <laughs> Sure. Uh, no, but I, I, but I, I, I would like to, I would be interested in knowing. It is a way knowing. to feel closer to the person you are grieving. Yeah. I think the trick is, as long as you don't post about it <laughs> on social media. Like, can you go eat Kobe's enchiladas, feel close to Kobe, and then not tell anyone? Thank you so much for listening. If you have any feedback for us or any questions, please email us at digestateater.com. Please rate and review us mm-hmm. on the podcast app of your choice and subscribe if you aren't subscribed already. One more ask, please tell a friend. Yeah, tell a friend. They won't be disappointed. They won't be disappointed if you describe it accurately. Well, <laughs> or if you don't, <laughs> send it no context and let us know Just how it goes. Send them the link. A big thank you to Andrew Janung from Family Meal. Please subscribe to his newsletter. It is a treat. Oh, yeah. And we will be right back next week. BRB. 